has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. I'm approaching the 49th episode, and I'm excited because the following week, I'm going to be a milestone. It's going to be 50 episodes, and I got something real special for the 50, if I got something lined up. But uh, let's talk about this 49th. My name is Malik, your host of Malik's Bookshelf. I visited my mom this week and I got a chance to go to church with her. And um, that's always been a joyful um, experience for her children to go to church with her. So this weekend I went to church and I thought I'd just touch on some of the things that there was a takeaway from from the sermon. Also, um, on this episode, I'm going to talk about Wakanda forever. That's right. Wakanda forever. I want to talk about the phenomena that the Black Panther series has had on the black community and the cultural revolution that's impacted the black community. I don't think when they made this movie that they expected this, but I want to talk about Wakanda forever. Also on this episode... I'm going to feature an interview I did with a young man and his family, Larry Rogers, who was a hype man for the famous MC Hammer back in the day when MC Hammer was, you know, the big thing on the block. So I had the pleasure of interviewing him and he referred to me as the hype man in the book industry. That was like a compliment. You know, I've also been called the Kyle Worthy, <laughs> the late night car salesman that came on TV. They also refer to Malik as the Kyle Worthy of the book. So anyway, Larry came and called me the hype man of the books and uh, told me about him being the hype man for MC Hammer back in the day. So, hey, I'm going to I interviewed him and his brand and what he's doing and how he's trying to lift up the community. So that interview is featured on this episode. So stay tuned. Peace. Before I talk about my experience going to church with my mom. I want to first say that last week I started a new segment for some of my episodes called The Mailbag, Malik's Mailbag. And I'm going to skip this week, and I'm going to fill some questions on my 50th. And I think this is a great addition to Malik's bookshelf because I'm inviting questions from my audience. And I think that sometimes uh, I, I talk about subject matters, like I talked about, the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about the midterms, the upcoming election. I feel the questions, what I thought about voting, you know, um, and I just wanted to get other people's views about that. So those was the last two episodes, lesser the two evils, voting, midterm, white supremacy. Well, make sure you email me at realmalikmohammed at gmail.com with your questions. One of the things that struck a core was the fact that I suggested that if you don't like the candidates, then just don't vote. Because sometimes voting for the lesser of the two evils 
um, it's really no vote at all because you don't like either one. So I said, just don't vote. Well, anyway, that seems to be the hot topic. Why? Because as and in our community, black people say we died to get the vote. And therefore, why would you not vote? Simply because we died, marched, prayed, sacrificed so that we could vote. But my argument is not telling you not to vote. My argument is saying, hey, sometimes that's a political strategy and people abstain from voting because they feel that it doesn't make a difference and they don't like the candidate. They don't like what they're voting for and they are protesting by their not voting. Like it or leave it, that is a political strategy. It's like a boycott. Some people like boycott, some people don't. But it's like a boycott. It's like, I'm not voting because I'm boycotting my vote. If you want my vote, then bring me something to vote for. And that's a political strategy. Whether we like it or not, it's a real reality. And so that whole, I think, subject has struck a core, I think, with my audience more than any other thing because particularly black people, we pay the price to get the vote. Now that we have the vote and we've been voting for 60 years, what have we gotten out of the vote? That's the whole thing. And so that's another topic for another time. But that's not the point. The point is half of this country has decided for a political position not to vote. And in this last election, in the midterms, I believe it's saying that like half of the country still didn't vote. Like some places with record turnout and a whole lot of other places it wasn't. It's not a general election where it's typically more, but the bottom line is 50% of eligible voters didn't vote. So there it is. There it is. Now, you go to each one, you're going to hear different reasons why. So you can brush it under the table and act like people don't do it. They do do it. You can get mad and you can shout and you can pout or what have you. You know, and I, I speak, you know, on behalf of, you know, what I believe is our position as black people, what I'm saying. And I know that typically black people vote for the lesser of the T evils. And so we'll go to the poll and we pull the trigger for primarily Democrats, but in their heart of hearts, most of us don't think nothing is gonna happen or get done. It's just the fact that we just voting Democrat, you know, and I'm just, you know, and that's on the 100, whether you like it or not. Black people didn't vote for Obama because he was qualified. We voted for him because he was black. And most black people will tell you that, <laughs> you know, hell, anybody that's running for the president of America is not qualified. No one's qualified, period, plain and simple, because you are the commander in chief of the biggest economy, of the biggest military, the mightiest nation on the planet. Now, who is qualified for that when they run for that all? No one. Stop fooling ourselves. You know, America's had different presidents with different backgrounds, but certainly no attorney coming out of any law school is qualified to run a country. What you do is you surround yourself with people who have the ability to assist you to help govern 
such a large entity as America, you know. So that's that's what you had to do. But to sit here and say, oh, they qualified. No, 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 no. You, Obama didn't have no background in the economics. And I'm not digging on him, all right? I'm just keeping it real. So don't try to, man, seem like I'm, you know, you're digging on Obama. I'm not. I'm just telling you. He don't have no military background. He don't have no economic background. He don't have, you know, this is the biggest economy in the world. You need to know something about economics. You need to know what it's like to employ people, to govern over people, to manage people. Just because you're a senator, you don't have that, sometimes that background. So, you know, listen, no one's digging on him, but I'm telling you that whether it's Obama or Clinton or Trump, you know, they all have different backgrounds, but no one has a complete background in order to run this country, all right? Trump didn't have no military background. He might have business knowledge, economic understanding. So the thing is, no president that sits in that seat has is equipped. None of them. But they learn along the way how to govern such a big entity as America. So that's that's my take on that. Now, I'm going to move on. So email me at realmalikmohammed at gmail.com with your questions. Hey, family and friends listening to Malik's Bookshelf Podcast. I went to church. I went to church with my mom. That's always a, a treat for her. That's always a joyful thing by us, our sons going to church with her. But, you know, I don't see my mom that often because we live, you know, miles and miles and miles apart. But I got a chance to visit my mom, spend some time with my mom, and I went to church with her. Always, you know brings a joy and a smile and a radiance from her by me uh, going to church with her. But I just wanted to, you know, talk about some of the things that uh, I heard today uh, from the sermon. This stuck out with me, the point the pastor, when he spoke upon being encouraged by something that offends you, okay? He said it's an invitation to change. And I had to just reflect on that. And I said to myself, okay, if three people, you know, don't know each other, but say something about you that might offend you. You know, you should take a look at that and not look at it as being being critical or offensive or what have you. But say, hey, maybe there's some truth to this. So that's an opportunity to change. It's an invitation to change. So sometimes when someone offends you. Just stop back and just analyze it a little bit and say, hey, maybe that's my invitation to change for the better. So not so don't get offended. Be encouraged by the offense. And I thought that that was enlightening. You know, I thought that was enlightening. Be encouraged when someone offends you because it's an invitation to change. That's what I'm saying. Now, the other thing that. He talked about what sacrifice is necessary to receive the glory and kingdom of God. You know, there's nothing in this world that doesn't come with sacrifice. There's no doctor. There's no pilot. There's no engineer. There's no scientist. There is no preacher. Everyone in every endeavor, professionally, uh, entertainer. Listen, you got to put in the time. You got to put in the hours, 10,000 hours, make your profession, right? Well, hey, sacrifice brings about the kingdom of God, he was saying. So I thought that that stood out because it's 
a reality that um, if you want to serve God, you got to make some sacrifices. You might not, you know, have to, uh, you know, do certain things that everybody else might be doing. You know what I'm saying? Make the sacrifice. Um, they also honored the veterans at the church and gave them, they brought them all up and, you know, thanked them for their service and then gave them a certificate acknowledging the thank you for your service. So, I mean, you know, that that was proper. And they had a lot of veterans, too, at this church. You know, it's a big church. Devotion and commitment is very important to serve. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's true. I think you got to have some commitment. You got to be devoted in what you stand for. I think you got to have a commitment if you want to serve. And I think that that's with anything, you know, so I, I say, OK, I can get with that. I think that's some 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 very insight. Also, um, accept change if it makes you better and it's good for you. Sometimes we fight change and change. You know, it's going to come whether we like it or not. But sometimes, you know, the change is for the better. The change is for the good. Accept it. Don't fight it. Ride with it. You know what I mean? And another thing he pointed out was don't judge the new with the old. Now, I don't think there is no, you know, medicine to cure all. All right. So, you know, sometimes, yeah, don't judge the new with the old. But sometimes you got to judge the old to make sure you keep your sanity. <laughs> sometimes, you know, the old will keep you measured and on firm ground and allow you to understand that the new. So I think that there is no perfect, you know, sometimes, you know, that works and sometimes that doesn't. It's not one fix, fix all. So, hey, you look at it for yourself. But, you know, and the other thing he pointed out was let the dead bury the dead. Okay. In other words, um, you know, it's a lot of people out here. There's energy vampires. They will zap all your energy. All right. Just so they can live while it drains you. You know, sometimes you got to let let them them, that that dead weight. These people who come in your life. They only want to take, don't give. Sometimes it's better just to walk away and like be of like mind. Be around people who want to you know, elevate and to move forward and to do good and to, you know, to be about something positive. Sometimes this negative, this, this negative energy that you let around you is going to drain you. So let the dead bury the dead. Listen, people flock together. Birds of a feather flock together. So if you want to roll out with these type of birds, <laughs> and then don't get mad when these birds, you know, steer you in the wrong direction and, and t- t- you know, and break you down. Listen, let the dead bird the dead and get, change the surroundings that you're around if you want to change, you know. And it starts with simply eliminating Dead weight around you, people that's around you, things that you're doing that's only draining you. So, hey, hey, that's my takeaway from going to church today with my mom. There you got it. Wakanda forever. That's right. Wakanda forever. All right. And the movie Black Panther has had a cultural revolution in America and around the world, it makes black people feel proud. It makes black people feel, you know, enlightened. It makes black people feel glorious, dignified, elevated. And I think that images like that are important because in this world, 
We don't have a lot of images other than, you know, a few things here and a few things there that can encourage us. So the effect, the phenomena, the effect of such a cultural enlightened movie, it happened to be a superhero movie, The Black Panther, is which he which Black Panther is the first, my understanding is the first black superhero. And now they're making motion pictures about the Black Panther Party. The biggest thing that we love about the Black Panther is Wakanda as well. The glorious city and the elevated black people, the civilized and cultural and enlightened and technologically, you know, superior. And they possess wealth beyond the imagination because of the mineral, the metallic meteorite filled with vibranium. And this metal is superior beyond anything on the planet. So the whole world is at the mercy of this vibranium. And so black people in Wakanda are the protectors. The Black Panther is the protector of the vibranium and Wakanda. And I just thought that Wakanda forever is such a, you know, phenomena. It's a phenomena in black people dressing up and going out and um, wearing white this time and showing, you know, honor and dignity to our ancestors and all wearing white because, you know, Black Panther, you know, he died from ailment and so the, the movie op- you know, opens up in the ceremony and it, where everybody wearing white. So if you go see Wakanda, you need to wear white. That's the theme. Put on your best dress, wear white, and let's be in unity. Let's be in sync. Uh, I know it's just a movie, but it's just like anything. A good book is a good book. A good movie is a good movie. A good message is a good message. And Wakanda forever, the Black Panther, you know, has done due justice to make our culture and our people feel proud about our history, our ancestors, and the, and that we are smart, we are fierce, we are dignified, we are civilized, we are great, and that we are superheroes. So there you have it. That's my take on Wakanda forever. Okay, we're here today with Miss Vanessa Riley, author of Sister Mother Warrior, and her new book is um, Murder in Westminster. Murder in Westminster. Let's talk about this one first. Uh, okay. Sister Mother, no, Sister Mother Warrior. Yes. Let's talk about it. Yes. So, Sister Mother Warrior is about the two women who shaped the Haitian Revolution. Um, when I saw, as we all did, Black Panther, okay. and they talk Wakanda about forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> and they talked about the Dory Mayage. They said the Dory Mayage was modeled after a real African tribe, and I was like, wait. And I was like, no, I was like, no way. And they're like, wait, I'm not wait. Yeah, way. So I had to go research, and when I found that the Dory Mayage was modeled after the Minos, if you saw the woman came, they called the the Aborigine. Woman came, yes, most definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Um, this was a phenomenal tribe. The training was so intense. These women 
were fierce. They frightened the Europeans when they came through. Um, and they came as a unit. They came as a unit. They were leading the group. Um, for their training, it's so intense. They, there's like a In the movie, you saw them going through the thorns. Yes. Well, the thorns are actually laid on a hill. And the women have to climb up this hill over and over again. The thorns are going through their flesh, but they do it until they feel no pain. Because that is the level of intensity of these women. And Grand Toya or Abadoya Toya, they, I believe her village was taken over by the Dahomey. Now, if you're a man, you get two options when you, the, the, the homie take over your village because they don't trust you. They, they're not going to bring you into the thing because mm -hmm. they think you're going to try and overthrow them like they just overthrew you. So they're going to cut your head off and put it on a palace and decorate the palace, or they are going to sell you to Wida. Two options. That's all you have with the Dahomey if you're a man. If you're a woman, you got four options. They could decorate the yes. palace. They could sell yes. you down at Wida. If you look strong, they may make you an Abergé. Yes. Or if you're cute you and strong, you. you're going to be a wife yes, of the queen. Yes. But those are your, your options. You. Yes. So the Dahomey uh, did traffic. That is a clear record. The movie does not, it doesn't discount it. It doesn't maybe go as heavy as some people want, but it's a freaking movie, foolish people. You don't get your history from a movie. You go there to be entertained. The movie is beautiful and brilliant. The women look great. They, it's a beautiful thing. Everybody needs to go see that. And that's how we're going to get more movies made. So if you want more historically accurate, like System of the Warrior, <laughs> you go support. It's going to happen. But, um, how long did you do your research for uh, System of the Warrior? Um, this was about six months worth of research. Uh, so Grand Toya, who was an, an, an Abergé, she gets kidnapped, brought to Santa Domingue, and there she's enslaved. She actually now understands what it means to be enslaved. And so, because she knows herbs, they give her special privileges, and she begins to lead the children in the herb, exercises. Then, that, that was the doctors. That was yes. The, the herbologists. Yeah. And if you was. could figure out how to keep the enslaved population healthier and longer, you were an you, asset. You get, they gave you privileges. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, Abedoya has these privileges. She begins training these children in exercises. But you know, if you kind of squint and look at that, that looked like troop movement. <laughs> she had a plan. Yes, most definitely. She was trying to raise up the next generation. And one of the people that she pours into, a man who she teaches how to move troops into the mountains based on astrology, is Jean-Jacques Desalines, the man who liberates Haiti. He thinks of her as a mother figure through his entire life. When Abadoya dies, after, first of all, she leads troops during the, in the, during the revolution. Mm -hmm. She's like in her mid-60s. Still fighting and kicking and kicking what? up boo boo on the thing. Yes. yes, but they, they they manage to get free. He reveres her as a duchess. Uh, they give her a state funeral. Beautiful. I mean, That's it's big. all the celebration. And when I found her, she was a name in a copy book. Oh wow! And when you put back together this life of this woman, that if without her, you don't really have a Jean Jacques Desleys. You see this disservice that's done to women in history. And so my, that's what I love. I love bringing back these women. And I do a lot. Y'all know I do a lot, a lot, a lot of research uh -huh. because I want it to be, feel authentic. I want to bring back as much as possible because I want to honor these lives. And you have done that in System of the Word. Thank you very, very much. Very proud of you for thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you. So you have you. another book coming out. Yes. Yeah, so just came out just came was out. Um, uh, Murder in Westminster. It's the first of the Lady Worthing's tales. So... Lady Worthing, also known as Abigail Carrington Monroe, 
if you think you think it, yes, Diane Carroll was 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 was, a, was 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 an inspiration. Think of her in her mid or early twenties, but she's in London. She's black. She's beautiful. She's got power. She has agency. Has money. <laughs> and the husband she married for convenience is away. Oh wow! So just set all that up. My husband for out, out of convenience is away. Yes. So what's that saying? Oh, when the mouse away, oh the cat's away. Yes. Oh. She's right now. She's good. She's good. But she does have his neighbor. To, okay. You know, they've been fighting. They've been <laughs> okay. fussing and fighting, and he might be a slightly sexy oh. Moriarty type. He's a next door neighbor. Is it eye candy? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's 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 got these two well-behaved greyhounds, and she believes they are terrorizing her te- her terrier named Tico. Uh-huh. Maybe a little bit of the other way around. Uh-huh. That little bad dog, but he kill, he's good. She love that dog. <laughs> but he's tired. He gets tired of all this fussing. He puts a fence between their two properties because they have they live in adjoining townhouses. And one day the dog's going crazy, and they go outside and they find his estranged wife dead on the fence. No, but on Abby's side on of the fence. Side. Now Abby knows how this is gonna go down. He's a, a military man. He's a war hero. She's who's a black the, woman. Blame? She's a black woman with privilege that they don't want to have privilege. So Abby knows she needs to figure this out quick before things turn south. So she actually has to work with the neighbor uh, in order to figure out who killed his wife. So that's Murder in Westminster. You're gonna meet up. It's a very diverse, fun cast, and I got to pl- have fun. I, I love uh, Easy Rollins. Uh, you know Walter Mosley. You do life, so you're gonna do life. You're gonna see the politics, yes. the crazy politics that's going on during that time frame. Uh, little fact that I found when I was researching Sister Mother Warrior was that all the abolition movements in the world stop when Haiti becomes free. We're like, hey, we was okay like, with you uh-huh. being free, but now y'all wanna y'all wanna run stuff. I don't know about, don't all, know about that. all that. So Wilberforce, I mean, all the legends of the abolition movement are literally stuck. They don't know what to do. The movement is underground. And I was like, what if you're a black woman who was celebrating Haiti being free? And now everything stopped. You know you're going to try and get this movement started. So you're going to see her trying to get the, the abolition movement started again. She's doing life. Uh, it's, it's a fun way of looking at history. But yet there's murder mystery, so you got to solve it. I like that. So that is Murder in Westminster. Yes, Murder and in Westminster. we have Sister Mother Warrior by this beautiful Arthur Vanessa Riley. We truly appreciate your services in giving us fantasy that actually represents us. Yes. So can keep doing what you're doing. You can find her, her books at MalikBooks.com and Malik Books at the Culver City location in Baldwin Hills. Hope to see you soon and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Malik has been blessed with a family that came in. This brother, Larry Rogers, and his family walked into Malik, said he followed me on Instagram, said that I got a lot of hype, a lot of passion, and that I promote, you know, reading fun. And I really appreciate that because I can feed on that energy all the day long. And it's it's statements like that that sometimes that gets me through the day because sometimes you don't know the impact that you, you know, have on other people and so forth. So I have to interview him for Malik's Bookshelf, bringing the world together with books, culture and community. So my brother, welcome to Malik's. It's a pleasure meeting you and your family. But I, you got a brand. You got a you got a journal. You got a book. And I just want you to tell my audience on Malik's bookshelf, you know, all about what you're doing and what you got coming up. 
Well, first of all, I want to say it is an honor to be here with this man. His energy that you see on Instagram, it is real, 100%. I've been watching Mr. Malik and his lovely wife and daughter for, for ever since I moved back to L.A., and I'm just so impressed, man. And we had to come here at the, at the they call it the Fox Hill location, uh, at the mall, we had to come here, and I didn't—I didn't know he was gonna be here. But when we walked in the door and I saw him, it was on and popping. And so my my brand is—we are a Christian faith-based, uh, multifaceted entertainment company specializing in books and films, forward books and forward motion pictures. And it's myself, Larry, my wife Paris, and our son Langston Rogers. Hello. Well, hey, you got a journal out. Wow. You got a kid's book coming out in the future. Tell us all about that. The journal that's out right now is called Family That Prays Together, Succeeds Together. And hopefully we'll have uh, a few up in here. And the children's book is coming in December. It's an ABC Kids educational book for little kids. And it's written once again by myself, my wife Paris, and our son Langston. And we deliberately did that because we want to show the power of an African-American family, successful family, doing things as a family together. Because you always hear them lies and rumors that families can't work together. Well, Mr. Malik and his family proved that to be not true and I want to prove it not to be true and be able to open other doors for other people to have platforms to express their talents well hey absolutely the secret weapon to Malik books is the family being involved working together for one goal to be successful and I think that if we collectively work together in unity, then we can achieve amazing things. And I think that's the success behind Malik Books. And I see it now, a success formula for you and your family. Now, this brother is just not a lightweight. Now, he came in here and told me about <laughs> this dude was working with MC Hammer. Yeah, that's family, man. So, hey, I need you to talk about that whole relationship because, you know, you're taking that experience that you had with him and now I'm bringing it to your own brand. And that's and that and one hundred percent credit goes to God and him and his brother Louis Burrell and 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 Stephanie, his wife, because I learned from them. And I figured, man, there's no reason for God to bless me to learn all that and not do nothing with it. Uh, iron sharpens iron. When you've been strengthened, you're supposed to reach back and strengthen your brother. So all the award shows from Soul Train Music Awards, Grammys, MTV, Billboard Awards, uh, Saturday Night Live, all the things I appeared with him on, and some music videos as well. I learned the business. And so now I want to deposit that into my wife and my son because when I'm gone, my son's going to carry on our legacy because that's what he's supposed to do. You're supposed to leave an inheritance for your kids' kids. So being with Hammerman was one of the best experiences in my life. I'm just a little country boy from St. Louis, the Midwest, and I came out here to California, and eight months later, it was, you can't touch this hammer time, baby. Oh, oh well, we're going to end it on that <laughs> note because that was <laughs> on point. Thank you for sharing, brother, man, thank your you, brand man. with thank Malik's you, Book Show, man. bringing the world together with books, culture, and community. And it's on all podcast platforms available. I know you have a, a podcast, I believe. Oh, well, right now we just um, do our look. We do our, I won't say little, we do our YouTube channel. It's Larry, Paris, and Langston. Langston like Langston Hughes. So go to our YouTube channel, subscribe. You'll see everything we're doing. Or uh, if you want to get in touch with the book, publishing company, Forward Books, just reach us at uh, Forward Books. That's F O R W O R D Books at gmail.com. F O R W O R D Books at gmail.com. And if you're serious, we're serious and we'll reach out to you. Let's support this family, all right? Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. See you next time.